Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, my dear friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God and to stir within all of us a greater heart after God, just like the man after God's own heart himself, David. Well, we are in part 93 of our series called the Know Your Faith series as we go through the Gospel of Luke. And today I want to just say that one of the worst words to describe anyone in any language of the world is the word hypocrite. Can you imagine being called a hypocrite by somebody and it being true how devastating that would be? how humiliating it would be. You see, my friends, a hypocrite is someone who wants you to think that he is someone that he really isn't. And a religious hypocrite wants you to think he or she is close to God, and especially closer to God than you or me, or represents God better than anyone else. That is, he thinks or she thinks that he or she represents God more effectively, more worth, worthily than anybody else. <laughs> a religious hypocrite is never wrong. A religious hypocrite refuses to humble himself and is always correcting others. A religious hypocrite never shows humility, only fake, insincere humility. A religious hypocrite is unfaithful, although he makes it look like he's the most faithful of all. A religious hypocrite is unaccountable. <laughs> A religious hypocrite is unapproachable. You can never call out a religious hypocrite for his or her character flaws or sin or unsound teaching. You don't dare approach a religious hypocrite with the hope of seeing that man or that woman redeemed or humbled or any of those things. A religious hypocrite, my friends, may be able to hide these things from people, but he or she can never hide them from God. A religious hypocrite is the worst of all because he or she is supposed to represent Jesus to others, to believers, and to the unsaved. So they may think Jesus is just like them. 
And the reality is Jesus is just the opposite of these religious hypocrites. You know, to understand the nature of Jesus, few places in Scripture are better to go to than Matthew chapter 11 and verses 28 through 30. That's where we're going to begin today in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, before we get to Luke chapter 11, and our passage there is going to be uh, begin in verse 42. All right, well, let's pray before we get into the Word. Our Father in heaven, you are interested in all of our ways. You are intimately acquainted with all of our ways. Before there is a word on our tongue, you know what we're going to say. You know when we rise up, when we sit down, when we get up in the morning, when we lay down at night. You know our address. You know everything about us. And that is and can only be encouraging unless unless we want to hide things from you. And that is a dangerous thing indeed. And so I pray, Father, we pray that today we would open our hearts to you and not hide anything. But if there is something not right in our lives that you, Holy Spirit, would put your finger on it, and that we would humble ourselves and admit our sin, repent of our sin, and be right with you. Nothing <laughs> nothing in life is better, more satisfying than having a right relationship with you. And that can only happen as we humble ourselves. And now, Father, we pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, our master teacher, would you lead us and guide us into all of your truth? And may it be that we produce through your word and through your presence and power, great and marvelous fruit, both presently and eternally, for the glory of the Father and of the Son, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. What is Jesus like? And why does Jesus stand completely opposite the hypocrites? Well, the hypocrites are full of themselves and full of pride. But look at what Jesus has to say about himself in Matthew 11, uh, beginning in verse 28. Come to me. Interestingly, that Greek word to has the idea of intimacy. And Jesus is inviting us into an intimate relationship with him. And why not, of course, because of how good he is. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And he's speaking of people who are weary and heavy laden or burdened under the constraints of man-made religion, the Pharisees, the oral tradition of the scribes and the Pharisees. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give 
you rest. Hallelujah. That word rest means refreshing. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Now, a yoke at that time, what was a, a yoke all about? A yoke was used for oxen plowing together, two oxen plowing together. It kept them in unity, but that yoke was heavy. And a, a yoke that is placed upon an oxen that is then placed upon a man is too heavy to bear. And so Jesus was saying that the oral traditions of the religious teachers were too much to bear for the people. They, the religious teachers, had made the religion of Israel a burden for the people, not refreshing. And that's what he came to do, is to refresh them. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, not from the religious teachers, for I am gentle and humble in heart, not like the religious teachers, not like the Pharisees, not like the scribes. The word gentle is the, it's the, comes from the Greek word proutes, and it, it's the humility which is strength under control, proutes. It's the fruit of the Spirit which enables the believer to place the will of God before personal rights. You see, even though Jesus was God the Son, he always said, I only do that which I see the Father doing. I only say that which I hear the Father saying. Even though he is in complete equality with God the Father, he placed himself under the authority of God the Father, and in so doing shows us how to relate to God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. For I am gentle and humble in heart. Now that word humble, it's a long Greek word, tapein afrasune, tapein afrasune. And it's one who believes, I'm sorry, one who behaves in an unassuming manner free from all haughtiness. It's one who behaves in an unassuming manner, free from all haughtiness. Now, this is God the Son, who is the object of worship throughout all of heaven. And yet he could say of himself that he is free from all haughtiness. That, my friends, is an amazing statement and that is how every single Christian should be, free from all haughtiness, behaving in an unassuming manner. I'm not better than you. I'm not a more important than you. I am a fellow joint heir with Jesus Christ. Now, you see, there's a vast difference between the hypocrites and Jesus. Now, my friends, I, I got to say this to you. It is inexcusable for any minister of the gospel 
to be full of himself, to be arrogant, to be a hypocrite, to mistreat the people of God, to not be a true shepherd. And if you do not have the heart of Jesus, then my friend, you better humble yourself quickly before he humbles you. As a matter of fact, this very message is his grace to you. It's his opportunity for you to humble yourself and get right with him. And if you're not willing, then I warn you, get out of the ministry. You don't belong in a position of authority in God's church if you cannot orient your life to become more and more like Jesus every single day. And the only way we can do that is really through a lifestyle of repentance of our sin. I don't know about you, but there are very few days of my life that I'm not repenting for something. And that's a good thing because as I repent, you know, it takes humility to repent of our sin, doesn't it? And it means that, Father, I'm wrong and you're right and you love me too much for me to, 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 to let me get away with whatever it is that he's putting his finger on. Well, he loves the Pharisees as well. But the reality is that the Pharisees don't love him. And so Jesus is having to point out some very, very strong things about these men who are hypocrites. And that brings us to Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 42. And this is part two of either a two-part or a three-part series called Guard Your Heart Against Legalism. Guard your heart against legalism. Are you guarding your heart against legalism, my friend? Legalism is what is something that it adds to the Word of God. It puts man-made religion and tradition above the Word of God. It's harsh. It's critical. It's judgmental. It's hypocritical. Let's read what Jesus has to say to the Pharisee that we read about last week who had invited him to lunch. And apparently there were more than just one Pharisee at this meal. And so he begins to rebuke the Pharisee who had invited him to lunch, but then he broadens the rebuke out. And when Jesus gives a rebuke, it's never a harsh railing judgment, but it's always given in love and in self-control. When we read the text, it doesn't sound like that. But if you know the heart of God, then you know that Jesus can say some very strong pointed things with love in his eyes, love in his heart, and with the heart of redemption that these Pharisees would humble themselves. But the reality is most of them never did. And so he says, 
Verse 42. But woe to you Pharisees, for you pay tithe of mint and rue and every kind of garden herb, and yet disregard justice and the love of God. But these are the things that you should have done without neglecting others. Now that word woe sounds like a railing judgment. Woe to you, I'm going to get you. I can't wait for the wrath of God to come down upon your heads. We could look at it that way, but we would be greatly mistaken. That Greek word woe denotes a grieving giving up to judgment. A grieving giving up to judgment. It is a warning, but it's a warning that has its roots in grief. Because God knows that when someone doesn't repent of his sin, and he can talk about God all day long, he can be a religious leader, but when he refuses to repent of his sin, he will spend an eternity in hell apart from God. So this is an urgent warning, my friends. And in addition to that, they have been misleading the people of God. And I'll tell you something, you never, ever, ever want to mislead the people of God. And you never want to cause them to stumble. You should recall that Jesus said it would be better for you if a millstone was tied around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. Now, let me tell you, a millstone weighed somewhere around a ton. And Jesus was standing at a millstone in Capernaum with his disciples gathered around him, only steps away from the Sea of Galilee. I've been at that very spot. I believe the millstone that is still there is an original millstone from his time. And he looked at that millstone, looked at his disciples, looked at the Sea of Galilee, and said, it would, if you cause one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better if we tied the rope that goes around the donkey's neck that circles around that millstone to grind the grain. It'd be better if we put it around your neck and threw it and you into the Sea of Galilee and you drowned. Now, my friends, that is a very, very severe, sober warning. And he's dealing with the religious leaders of Israel. But he's also dealing with us today who are, who are in leadership of the church. It's not just them. It's us today. Listen carefully to what the Holy Spirit is saying from his word. Then in verse 44, no, verse 43, woe, second time he's used this word, woe to you Pharisees. Why? For you love the chief seats in the synagogues and the respectful greetings in the marketplace. Woe to you, verse 44, third time, for you are like concealed tombs and the people who walk over them are unaware of it. 
Now, in verse 43, the fact that they love the chief seats in the synagogues and the respectful greetings in the marketplaces, I think that is doesn't need a lot of comment, does it? But back to, to, I should go back to verse 42 when Jesus says, you're so concerned about tithing even off of mint and herbs. And he says, these are the things that you should have done without neglecting the others. But the weightier things of the law are disregarding justice and the love of God. They acted like they loved God, but they didn't because they didn't obey him. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. They were hypocrites. When they gained power, they did everything they could to keep that power and pressured others to conform to them and to their ways and not to the liberating joy of a relationship with Jesus. You know, there's nothing in the Old Testament about tithing off of those those plants, and yet they put more emphasis on those trivial things than the far weightier matters of the Mosaic Law, which, let me read to you from Matthew 22, hold your place in Luke 11, and what are those weightier things in the Mosaic Law? Well, you can read the main things in Matthew 22. Matthew 22 and verses 37 through 39. Let's go back. Well, in fact, let's go back to verse 34. Matthew 22 and verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gather themselves together. So they want to come out against him in force. One of them, a lawyer, which is also a scribe, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher. See, this is a sign of respect, but it's a phony sign of respect because they didn't respect him at all. Teacher. Which is the great commandment of the law? Why did he ask him that question? Because they thought they knew the Mosaic law better than Jesus. Well, in verse 37, he said to him, Jesus did, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. Verse 39, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. What is Jesus quoting? He's quoting the Mosaic law from Leviticus 19 and Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. And then he adds, In verse 40, on these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. That is a Jewish way of saying the entire Old Testament. 
and they did not refute him. And yet what he's saying here in this situation is that the Pharisees are guilty of trying to impress men and bringing the religion, the beautiful religion of the Old Testament into a a man-made do and don't religion with no life of God. And the reason they did that is because they elevated their own traditions above the Word of God. That is what a hypocrite will always do. Notice what Jesus says here. This really stands out to me. He said, you disregard, verse 42 of Luke 11, you disregard justice. That is, you, you to disregard justice is you don't do the will of God for people, and you disregard the love of God. And yet, in the very next verse, watch this in verse 43, woe to you Pharisees, for you love the chief seats in the synagogues. You see, there's a very dramatic contrast there, my friends. They don't love God, but they love the chief seats in the synagogues. That is a hypocrite. Why? Because they act before the people like they love God, but they don't love God. They love themselves more than they love God. You're listening to this broadcast, and maybe you love yourself more than God. And I just read, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. And another gospel says, and strength. But you love your sin more than you love God. You love the approval of man more than you love God. But you are convicted by the Holy Spirit as a sinner. Right this minute, what will you do with that conviction? You can humble yourself and ask him to forgive you of your sin and to make the Lord Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life and live for him forevermore and not be like a Pharisee who lived for himself. Will you do that? Are you ready to turn your life over to Jesus Christ and receive forgiveness of your sin, my friend? You can do that right now through a simple, heartfelt prayer. And I'll lead you in that prayer to help you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I'd like you to pray with me right now these words, Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I have not lived my life for you. But I come to you now, Lord Jesus, as a sinner in need of your salvation, in need of your forgiveness, in need of the eternal life that you offer me. And so, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you now. My will, my sin, everything about me. Take my life, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. Give me your eternal life. And I will live for you. And I will serve you all the days of my life. 
thank you, Jesus, that you have heard my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, that you are now my Lord and my Savior, that I have eternal life, that I live for you, that I belong to you forever and ever and ever. Now, my friends, let me pray for you. Father, for those that prayed, men, women, young people, and children, may the presence and power of God come upon them. May you protect them from all the powers of darkness all the days of their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. And now, my friends, I pray that the Lord heal your bodies, provide for you financially, answer your prayers, and do great and mighty things in and through you and for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradably.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after him in every way.